Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 205. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are discussing Voyager's third season episodes, Fair Trade, Alter Ego, and Coda. Here we go. Fair Trade, Season 3, Episode 13, Production Code 156, Original Air Date, January 8th, 1997, Directed by Jesus Salvador Trevino, Story by Ronald Wilkerson and Jean-Louis Mathias, Teleplay by Andre Bormanis, Music Composed by David Bell, Guest Cast include James Nardini as Wixabon, Carlos Carrasco as Barat, Alexander Inberg as Boric, Steve Kehela as Sutak, and James Horan as Tosin. Voyager encounters a region of space known as the Netric Expanse, which troubles Neelix as he has, gone, has not gone any further and is unfamiliar with the space beyond, which makes him think that his usefulness as a guide will be over and the crew will have little need for him. Did you get it? Where is it? I have to talk to you. Give it to me. I didn't get the war plasma. What? I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. We have to tell the truth. It's the only way to make things right. Fair trade, Steve. Kick us off on fair trade. Okie dokie. Yeah, um, gosh. So, um, I'm, you know, I, you know, we don't see, uh, Talaxians very often, other Talaxians. I remember this for having another Talaxian in it. Um, the thing, the big thing that strikes me is how, like out of touch Neelix is with the people he works with, given that he really thinks they're just going to dump him at some point because he, you know, they're hitting the space he's that he's no longer familiar with. Um, so that's kind of odd. He certainly goes um, really out on a limb due to that. So I think that's kind of an odd thing, but uh, anyway, get to see another side of him. He's you get to learn a little bit about his uh, nefarious past and him kind of re, you know, bringing that up, bringing that out again, um, due to this situation. So that's kind of interesting, I suppose. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't think too highly of this, but I don't think it's awful either, I guess, you know? Yeah. That's definitely some stuff they could put on the box for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of interesting, I suppose. Yeah. Not too bad. Right. Whatever website says. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we kind of had a we've kind of had a string of um, episodes um, here in the third season where we're like, you know, they're not great, but they're not bad either. They're kind of like we kind of a lot of like, you know, yeah, they're they're enjoyable episodes, but not like something I would be clamoring to watch again. So I kind of think this, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't suck. This is kind of what where this episode um kind of falls into place. Um, Steve mentioned that um, I didn't think about it that way. Like, you know, maybe he's not in touch with the people he knows. I think he was the way I've kind of come to know Neelix. He kind of likes to, I I didn't see it that way. I kind of felt like he got guilted into, into doing this by his friend who, who he felt like he owed something. But I mean, thinking about that, I might have to think about that now, whether they kind of messed up that on that or not. Um, But yeah, you kind of get to see another side of Neelix, you know, learn about like he, um, he had some, criminal activity in his past and um he really did feel that he owed this guy something so that's i think that's why he just kept going as far down the road as he did um i think probably the best scene in the episode is the one where he's with um 
Tom Paris when they're, you know, looking for the, I don't know, container for whatever. I like the scene, you know, just, um, it, it was a good scene. And, you know, later on towards the end, I like the scene with Janeway, you know, when she's reprimanding him. Yeah, I, I think, I guess I'm, I'm probably agreeing with you. I mean, I feel like maybe I like this episode slightly more than you guys. Uh, I think this is an episode where just completely out of context, I'm cool with it. Um, but yeah, like in the context of the show, it's a little, I mean, of course, it's weird that Neelix would be, I mean, at this point, they should know him and he should know them better than this. Uh, but, you know, if I don't think about those sorts of things, I, you know, I think it's an all right Neelix-y kind of episode. I, I think that there's some good performances. You know, I don't see a lot that Ethan Phillips gets to sink his teeth into, but I felt like he got to a little bit here. I think it says a lot about Neelix and cast that this is a completely Neelix-centered episode that literally has no cast in it. Until the very Until end. Until the right? very end, and even then, it's just a brief moment where she's background yeah, in sickbay. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, uh, he didn't even go to her to talk to her about it. He went to Paris. Yeah. Um, I think they shot something. They shot a scene for this episode that they cut for time. It was a little bit of closure for them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so just just by her not being a part of this at all. She's not the one he goes to. <laughs> he goes to Tom Paris to talk about, you know, uh, which by the way, that scene when he goes to talk to Tom and the f- Tom immediately says, well, I think I made a mistake by not telling the truth. It's a little bit on the nose. Like that's exactly what, right, you know, right. uh, so maybe a little better writing there. Uh, not so on the nose, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's fine. And yeah, it's nice to see another Talaxian. Uh, the two of them have some decent chemistry. I like the idea of this because you know you, you know this is kind of aside from DS9 this is kind of something new where you have um crew members you know main cast members who aren't really Starfleet or part of the crew. So I like the idea. I mean they kind of they do set this episode up with him you know trying to learn engineering, security and you know nobody kind of really seems to be all that interested or maybe not that interest not that they're not interested it's just a time consuming thing teaching him all these things and so i can see where he gets his kind of insecurities from and you know we've seen neelix isn't the most he gets better as it goes along but i mean you know just a couple seasons ago we were all annoyed by his insecurities with Kess. so i can see him being insecure about this it's a um so i kind of like and i like the the idea of like what am i going to do when i don't when i can't tell them what's coming up next. So I like that idea of him being scared about that. I think, I feel like it goes a little bit too far. So they show up and say, uh, Federation phaser has been involved in a murder. Um, that seems like something that I'd agree. If it weren't a regular person on the show, there would be no coming back from that. Even, yeah. even though he didn't do it, blah, 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 mm-hmm. that he was even somehow remotely involved, you know, and concealed things. Um, I don't feel like there would really, really, I don't think there should be any coming back. From that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brian. I think they went, they took it just a bit too far. You should have just, you know, just don't kill the guy. He's in a coma and then mm-hmm. you have a line about him coming out of it or something later. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So is this episode about anything? Well, I think what I was mentioning earlier, it's about <laughs> insecurities and overcoming those and finding your place, you know, in this case, on the ship and being confident in your place on that ship, uh, on the crew and in the ship. I mean, I don't know if we actually get there on that episode, but I think that's what, you know, you got to, you should trust in the people that you're closest to. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, and, you know, have faith in them that they'll they'll have your back. Right, right. Along with kind of the, I think maybe the general notion of just kind of sticking to your values. You know, if something something smells bad and doesn't feel right, you know, there's probably a reason. You know, but that also goes right along with the self confidence thing. You know, so. Uh, am I the only person that thinks Necrid Expanse? I don't know. There's something like like uh, dirty sounding about it was that. It's kind of like naked, kind of. I think maybe. <laughs> yeah, is it naked? It's because it's close to naked. Maybe that the Naked Expanse. Well, there's mm. no map of it, so you're you're left to your own devices to find mm. your way through. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's do. <that. laughs> <laughs> let's do six degrees for. Fair trade. Uh, Steve, you went first. Uh, are you going first or second? I'll go first. James Horan plays Tossin, the bad guy that decides not to blow himself up. He also portrays the mysterious humanoid figure in multiple episodes of Enterprise that seems to be controlling the temporal Cold War. His final appearance was at the end of which season? Oh, okay. Um, gosh. Make sure I've got all this straight in my head. Yeah, that one's a little bit harder than it seems like it should be, huh? Third? No. Adam? Uh, maybe I shouldn't give you. That one's probably too easy. Yeah. Uh, just curious. What would you have said? Um, second? Yeah. Uh, but there were so many li- limited options that I don't think that's a fair one. Adam, uh, he also played security officer Barnaby in Next Gen's Descent Part 2. That was not Barnaby Jones. Uh, who was in command of the Enterprise D for this time? Who was who was his commander on Enterprise D in Descent Part Two? Descent Part Two. Oh, what the hell is the name of that? Oh, what is his name? Tip of my tongue. I know the actor. Uh, it's not a dude, dude. That's not a dude. The Enterprise D wasn't Beverly Crusher. Yes, sir. <laughs> Adam has one. Moving on. Alter Ego, Season 3, Episode 14, Production Code 155, Original Air Date, January 15, 1997, Directed by Robert Picardo, Written by Joe Minoski, Music Composed by Paul Belergen, Guest Cast Includes Sandra Nelson as Morena, Alexander Inberg as Boric, and Shay Todd as Holodeck Woman. Voyager is engaged in exploring a nebula inversion that is mysteriously stable. While the rest of the crew discuss the emotional responses surrounding the nebulae with Tuvok, Ensign Kim gives him an uncomfortable look. Later, Kim visits Tuvok in his quarters and asks Tuvok to teach him the Vulcan ways of suppressing the, his emotions. When Tuvok asks why, Kim reveals that he has fallen in love with a character from the holodeck. You're the only one here not wearing a garland. Given the decor, it, it seems somehow excessive. I don't believe you. I beg your pardon. I think you're trying to isolate yourself and make a public protest at the same time. Alter Ego, Adam, why don't you kick us off on Star Trek's version of Fatal Attraction? <laughs> Alter Ego. Um, yeah, I put it in the same category as the last episode. It's like, eh, it's, 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 it's a watchable episode. It's got its moments and it's got its down moments but overall it's um on the front of the box on the top cover <laughs> it's watchable exclamation <laughs> <laughs> it's watchable dash 
check companion. Um, you know, so the episode starts off. Kim's in love with a character from the holodeck. He's going to Tuvok because he's, you know, he's always oh, heartbroken because he knows he's a freak if he falls in love with um, a character on the holodeck. So he kind of wants to become Vulcan. So, okay, you know, okay, you know, I, I can kind of see that. We, then we get further into the episode and Tuvok has to go to the holodeck and check out this this character for himself and you know they start to become uh, become engaged what kind of threw me off about the whole episode is like when you figure out that the character in the holodeck is actually a being of some sort in the nebula it kind of strikes it doesn't give me a very good opinion of kim because to me they haven't really been there that long so obviously he's fallen madly in love with the holodeck not only have fallen in madly in love with the holodeck character but then in a very very short amount of time so it was kind of that was kind of give it to me. When you haven't had a cookie <laughs> in three years, <laughs> it doesn't have to be. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's quite all right. Um, but it's interesting. We get some character insight into Tuvok and and Kim and their relationship. And you know, by the end of it, you know, they make nice with each other and realize realizes realize they both made the mistakes and and the being on the space station and the nebula gets to go home and be crazy. That was kind of my take of the episode. Steve. Well, I think it kind of makes everyone look ridiculous. This episode does. I mean, you know, it's like you, like you said that, that Kim, Kim seems a little, I don't know, naive to some extent. Um, and then even Tuvok, you know, he's like, he, you know, surely he would have some sense of what he's doing by even, getting involved at all. And I, and I think the, the issue is too, is that somehow I'm not convinced how uh, crazy appealing this woman is, you know, I mean, I, I get that they have some kind of, but, but I don't think they did a good job and I'm not, I don't necessarily say it's the acting or the writing, but something isn't, isn't really working to make me feel like, Oh, I can see how these very different people could really be intrigued by this character or this, this woman or whatever. I'm just not, I'm not feeling that, you know, and I think the whole thing hinges on that, you know? Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's kind of my feel of it. I mean, it's, it's again, not awful. One of these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we had that scene, you know, with Tuvok where he's, you know, playing the, the Vulcan chess with her all night long. And, you know, Harry shows up. It's a little bit, that was a little bit like, yeah, it's kind of a dick move Tuvok. You know, you know, this, he was in love with her and spending the whole night with her. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely kind of agree. I, I like though that, that it so. seems pretty clear. Tuvok immediately realizes it was a dick move and he feels bad. And I mean, it's so obvious that what he did was, I feel like he immediately recognizes it and feels bad and is trying, you know, no, wait, I, you know, almost almost unvulcan like right. his response because he because it is so clearly a, a dick move <laughs> but yeah i think the one thing you just generally some one of the first things you said adam but generally that we see an interesting insight into kim and tuvok's relationship in this episode from a couple of solid scenes that is unusual and that is welcomed it's hard for, i'd have a hard time you know pointing out uh multiple Kim Tuvok relationship things. And, you know, they got good chemistry and I think that works pretty well together. I like some of the humor in this episode. Um, when, when they first meet, what's her name? Marina. And she says she has a knot or muscle or something and has Kim feel it. <laughs> and he says, it's like a knot. And Tuvok says, I'm sure it is. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So I guess um this is also like, I guess this was supposed to be Paris's and um, Taurus's first date kind of thing. And 
Oh, and Vorik kind of, kind of, you know, takes over for Paris. That I liked the the look on Paris's face when you know when they're like, "Okay, I guess I'll just kind of hang over here by myself." It was that was good expressions on his part. Yeah, he got he got out Paris. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I forget, have we seen him before? I can't. No, this is the first time we see Vorik. Or actually, maybe he's in. Is he, I think he's in Fair Trade, but just in the background. Uh, yeah, well, no, he has some lines when when um, Neelix comes to sick things. Oh yeah, that's right. To engineering. Right. I think technically Alter Ego might have been shot before Fair Trade, but in broadcast order, Fair Trade was his first appearance. Okay. Yeah, why can't Tuvok play? Why can't Tuvok play chess with him? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see Tuvok have. I don't know. That scene near the it doesn't have the the most satisfying resolution. I think the fight in on the holodeck gets kind of silly. That doesn't really seem in keeping with who she was and who you know that she would cause this kind of to the death fight or something. So that you know it doesn't that doesn't really jive. But the actual scene when Tuvok is with her on her station, and I mean they seem to genuinely have some kind of a an attraction and he has this whole speech about, you know, maybe a different time we could have done something, but I'm, I'm married and my crew mates need me. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. It seemed genuine. I didn't seem, I feel like he was bull crapping her or anything. And uh, again, you know, it's good performances. So yeah, I guess I'm with you guys that it's a bit meh, but there's enough in this episode. Yeah, there's enough in this episode to like about it. Like I said, it's it's one of those. I feel like we're it's we're a middle of the road episode. I'm saying, unwatch. You know, it's watchable. I feel like we're we're saying that more often than we've had a stretch. I than think we said in some other shows earlier seasons. I'm. Is it going to be that the second seven of nine is on the show? Then we just love the show from all the way to the end. Is that what's going to happen? Well, I mean, I mean, isn't this what the problem they were having? This, I think they started having this problem in the second season where we would have like a really good episode and then we'd have like two or well, the first half of the second season was not good. But the second half of the second season, it started getting good. But I've kind of noticed in the third season, it's just there's no it's not a whole lot of high and low. There's not a great episode, but there's not a terrible episode. It's just kind of middle of the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't really know what to do with Kess. They didn't, you know. Um, Neelix is, you know, the, I, the sh- I feel like the show's uh, not to be metaphorical. I feel like the show's kind of lost in space. So nice, sure. Which quadrant are they lost in? Uh, what is this episode about? Hmm. Um, I guess you kind of go back to trust. Trust your, you know, trust your own instincts and your friends, and don't be lured by a um, holographic projection. You know, in, in a lot of ways, this episode to me was kind of like about relationships. You know, this was a, mostly this episode was about the relationship between Harry Kim and um, Tuvok and how it started off with trust and bumpy roads. And then it ended back on trust and they were actually closer at the end. And I think better colleagues and friends for going through what they went through. Well, I think much like the last episode, I mean, I, I, I agree with that stuff more or less. It's just I don't think they really really brought it home so much you know i mean i don't i didn't, I didn't think it was a real tight it was really tight and uh i really felt that that's what they were they successfully conveyed that it was you know kind of all over the place and stuff i don't know so i guess that's what it's about more or less yeah <laughs> right. I'm, gu- I'm guessing yeah. brian and i like this episode more than steve yeah yeah 
It's okay. Um, Adam has one. Uh, I gave Steve the choice last time. Adam, you're going first or second. I guess I'll go first. This episode reference. Oh, I just wanted to watch to um, ask trivia type stuff and not so much actual six degrees, even though that would have been an option on this episode. So, yeah. Uh, this episode, I don't think I've ever said that before. <laughs> this episode references an episode of Next Gen where a character takes over the D in the episode Ship in a Bottle. Name the character that takes over the ship. Um, would that be Moriarty? You are correct, Steve. Picardo is the second cast member to direct an episode of Voyager. Name the first. Hmm. Oh, gosh. Was it Robert Duncan McNeil? Yes, sir. Uh, 2-1, Adam. Moving on. Coda, Season 3, Episode 15, Production Code 158. Original air date, January 29th, 1997. Directed by Nancy Malone. Written by Jerry Taylor. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Lynn Carew as Admiral Janeway. Janeway and Jacote are traveling back to Voyager on a shuttle craft when they are forced down by electrical interference from a nearby planet. Janeway is critically injured in the crash and has to be revived by Jacote via CPR. Once revived, Janeway activi- activates their homing signal, and unintentionally, they are found and killed by the Vidians. You and the commander were checked by the doctor who treated your injuries, and you proceeded here to the bridge. But I don't remember anything about a repeating time loop. You don't remember how we kept ending up back in the shuttle talking about talent night? <sighs> then I'm the only one who recalls things differently. Something strange is going on here. Uh, I just got to say, I love this episode. I'm kidding. This episode is crappy. (laughs) I do not like this episode. In fact, I strongly dislike this episode. Uh, I think it is bad. And I read that they had all these different little ideas, and they kind of just put them all together to make this episode. They say it as if it was cool, and I think that's proof that this episode is bad. It doesn't make a lick of freaking sense. And even like the beginning when they have all these little, it seems like a time loop thing. And then it turns out to be this alien thing. Well, then why did she even have those like, I'm dead. I'm, we're dead. I'm alive. We're dead. I'm alive. Uh, why did that even happen? That has nothing to do with the whole, you know, going to the light, the whole, the whole last half of the episode. It doesn't, I don't like this episode. It kind of sucks. Yeah, Brian, I kind of feel it. I didn't didn't know that but it did feel like they meshed a bunch of different episodes together in one they had the time loop you had the um the parasite alien parasite that comes after you the, you know they felt like they were trying to trick you into one thing and they were trying to be too clever but the first thing that i had in my notes and it's and it won't be the last time we see it but it's and it's not the first time but how on earth can you be not have a seatbelt on in a shuttlecraft when you're crashing it just I don't know. It just, every time they get thrown all over the place, I don't know why that bothers me. It's just like they're just kind of hanging out in lounge chairs. It's like in a in a spaceship. There's no like restraints or anything like that. It, I don't think they I don't have think lots of so- time to crash. Right? They're yeah. they're going down for a while. Yeah. At some point, <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. But I mean, that's a, that's been my. I, it's always been a little pet peeve of mine. I mean, I think they fixed that in Enterprise where they actually started after putting on restraints when they flew around. But yeah, just. <laughs> It's just, it it bugs me, but it makes me laugh at the same time. Of course, you're going to be mortally injured because you were thrown around like a rag doll when you crashed. 
So I don't know. Uh, but, but I just had to get that out of my chest. Yeah, I never think of that kind of thing generally, but in this one I did. I did. It did strike me. So yeah, it must have to do with how long they had and the, the, the angles they shot it at and stuff too. Like, oh, here we go. Brace yourselves. And there's no bracing, you know, I guess. Yeah. Uh, do you love this episode, Steve? Oh, yes. I love it. No, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised to hear you say that because I thought you were going to agree with us that it's bad. Right. Well, I was being ironic. <laughs> yes, it, it is. Uh, it, it, it is pretty awful. You know what they success, you know, what's pretty impressive is they kind of took two sucky little episodes and stuck them together into one big sucky episode, you know, because the time was crap. So is that like, is that like one plus one is two or is it like two times the suck? So like double, right. you know, like logarithmic or something. Is there an opposite to synergy? What would that be? <laughs> <laughs> whatever that word is that's what this is um so yeah i, I because yeah it's this okay a bunch of time loop stuff that isn't particularly compelling and then weird haunted ship story not particularly compelling so yeah it just goes on and on and on and on and they don't connect and it's, yeah it's just yeah. but you're dead and you got to go to heaven you have to choose to cross over you mm-hmm. i can't say goodbye no come with me yeah it's kind of what she says like go back to hell or whatever you know come on Come with me, but I don't want to. But you should. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. That's what it was. There was a 10-minute section of this episode that was like, yes, no. Yes, no. Well, he would go away, and then he'd come back. It's time to go, Catherine. No, I don't want to go. Uh, yeah. I found uh, this episode is just is tedious. You know, it's too bad. This If this had been the first episode we watched today, I think we would have liked two and three a lot better. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the bit with the doctor, I've decided the only sound thing to do is euthanasia. Again, what, what, for that creature, or whatever he, whatever alien he was, where he's like, well, I try. Usually the the people they want to come willingly or something. I don't know whatever he's saying, like so I can feed on you. I don't know what it was. Come into the light. Like, how is any of are any of those scenes? How is the doctor euthanasia scene? Yeah, I mean, I assume it's as it's a standalone. It's supposed to be like, you know, like horror. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. But like, how, how is that furthering the aliens? To, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get the point. Like, how? Yes, it, you're right, and it's, it's two the times, like yeah. disparate things. But you, they got to have some kind of link up. But yeah, you're you're right. I didn't think about it at the time, Brian, because I just wasn't paying that close attention. But yeah, it makes the time loop make completely no sense. Why would you keep going back, and why would you remember? I mean, why would there be? Oh, we were just back here, and then then Chakotay doesn't remember. It's just it was really weird. Yeah, this this would actually be kind of difficult to do good to do well to make it a good episode. But I mean, you de- but the, it would take a lot of work to make every scene feel like oh i can see how that would be compelling to let yourself go and just release to death or whatever i mean you know if that was if that was what they were really doing but we saw some of that to to an extent we saw this done better on next gen right Mm -hmm. uh wasn't it um ensign roe that was the one that of them that was that decided no we're dead uh, yeah, there was the episode with her and no oh, Jordy and they're phasing Jordy. out and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Episode was mm-hmm. fine. I, don't, I don't remember if it was being amazing, but right. it does a better job of this than this does. Yeah. Well, this episode's trying to be. I mean, it's trying to be a dream within a dream. It's trying to be Inception. It's like a really, really bad version of Inception. And if you just kind of went, if you, and it's like they never made that choice to do that. They tried to trick you, like, oh, it's this, it's that, and I think it would have been a much better episode if they just would have chosen what they wanted it to be 
and, and stuck with that. Like if it's okay, she's unconscious and she's in this dream route, you know, you know, layer dream sequence. And then I think we, it would have been a better structured episode instead of us sitting here guessing what the hell's going on. Are they in a time loop or they're she well, alive? Yeah, what the hell is this episode about? Yeah, nothing. I don't know. Don't go to the light when you're dead. I don't know. I think after what, how many, how many years have we been doing this podcast? Um, seven or something. That was the shortest was this episode about I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it was like three seconds, maybe two. And you both yeah. got in. And it was for both of you. You both got in. I mean, I, just, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll make something up. Okay. Make something up. Um, appreciate the people in the life, lives around you that you have before you die. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> Six degrees for Coda. Uh, Adam has two. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Some of the story bits in this episode about Janeway's past actually come from Jerry Taylor's Janeway novel. Name that novel. That's a hard question. It is. I've read it, but it's been a very long time ago. Um, it's one of the few times where something was sort of considered can a book was sort of considered canon because the executive yeah. producer wrote it and gave the history of Janeway up until she gets on to Voyager. Uh, so there's like all these different pieces, these disparate little things, and they all go together to make this mosaic there you go <laughs> it's tied up adam let's see if you can take it there have only been a few times in trek where someone uses cpr to try to save someone one of those is mccoy in star trek 6 who was he trying to save star trek 6 um oh the chancellor chancellor gorkon is that right wow adam takes it for the day and with a proper name too because usually you say you don't like you don't get those episodes i'm bad at names occasionally get all right, so you know we're getting closer to season four, and then I'm thinking we'll be happy again. We'll see. <laughs> well, the end of the season gets pretty interesting, if I remember right. Yeah, I remember that too. Uh, there wasn't, there isn't a lot of news, but there's, you know, there's more and more news as we lead up to the premiere of Discovery's, Discovery's second season in January. I know the first of the short treks premiered, uh, which I haven't watched because I'm probably going to wait to sign up for CBS All Access again until closer to. The release of season two, but I'm guessing, Steve, you said you were going to go ahead and pay for it so you could watch the short one. Were you, you didn't know spoilers, obviously, but uh, were you happy to see some discovery again? Yeah, it was nice. I think, I think it was, it was, it was fine. I, I was it worth uh, $10? Because that's like what you're paying for that 10. That's a dollar a minute, right? It's like 10 minutes long. Gosh. Well, I, I, they, they compelled me to renew with a comeback free for a month. So this one was free. This one was a, nice. a freebie. Oh, okay. I don't think I got that. Uh, I, they did say uh, season two, including these uh, short treks, are all going to be full scope, which uh, having just completed my scope theater at home, I'm actually really excited about. I was joking. I immediately sent this to both you guys uh, saying, oh, my God, Discovery season two is going to be scope. And now I'm, I'm way more excited for it than I was before, which probably sounds like a pretty lame reason, but I think it's kind of neat. There are they, there are a few shows doing like 2.0, which is what Discovery did for their first season. Aspect ratio, uh, there are very few shows doing doing scope, uh, so that's going to be that's going to be fun. I'm kind of curious if the average Star Trek fan either doesn't care or specifically likes that or specifically doesn't like that. Obviously, I like it, but like. Do you, either of you guys care one way or the other? Do you not like it? Like it? 
I mean, I'm, I'm really, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of such things. I mean, the, the short you just watched, that was Scope, right? Right. And I barely was aware of any of it. Now, you know, I'm watching on a traditional flat screen and all of that. Um, I mean, I'm aware of things like aspect ratio, but no, I don't think that alone really is particularly compelling. I, I think, I think it's a compelling thing when, when there's a reason when certain films make a make a choice to do it in a certain way or they switch between it for some kind of interesting artistic reason i think that kind of thing is interesting but for a tv show it, it doesn't specifically turn you off or anything like that no no not at all not no it's kind of indifferent i suppose to is that something you think about at all adam um no but i mean it's good to always have the options i mean you know like i mean in today's world you know you can you can go from your smartphone all the way to, you know, a big th- to what you have, Brian, or even to a theater. So I think, you know, it was, with shows, if they have these multiple formatted options, it's, it's, it's well, if that's it. from that point of view, then 2.0 is the best, op- best way to go because that's kind of in between flat and scope, you know, what they did for the first season. Mm-hmm. So scope is alienating them, you know, like played back on a phone, scope is going to be tiny, right? Mm. Well, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure they'll have a phone version. You know, uh, I would think they would have a ver. You know, you, you you would be able to adapt. It wouldn't just be well. You know, that's, that's an double tie, tap it. And <laughs> zoom yeah, in. yeah, and crop the show. But All you're right. right. I, I kind of wonder. Uh, I really doubt you would have noticed this, Steve. But were the titles like sixteen by nine safe? So if you were watching it on a phone and you cropped off the sides of the of the show, were the titles still safe? You know, I'll check this out and get back with you. I'll, yeah, I'll that's that'd be an interesting yeah. thing to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you see like a pretty clear sixteen by nine box that the titles are inside of, uh, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's more for. I mean, I think. I mean, that's more important for younger people. I mean, because I'm being around a lot of kids in my job is that that's the they just watch their phones. They don't even watch TV. There's they're on their pads, their phones, and so. Um. But I mean, like you said, it's great for people who are really ser- like yourself, Brian, who are really serious about getting everything you can out of um, the quality of the show. So I, I think it's good that they have, you know, I'm sure they'll have a, a phone version for people to be able to, you know, stream and watch on. Well, on speaking of getting everything out of the quality, I haven't tried it since then, but a month or two ago, I read that the CBS all access, all access app on the Apple TV now supports 5.1. Steve, did you, you have a 5.1 setup, right? Did you notice that on watching the short track? I, I do, but I, I generally don't watching just, the way I watch that show, I don't really engage into that. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So, Brian, yeah, my, one of my best purchases over the summer was um, some noise-canceling Sony headphones. I, I mean, I bought the, the top-of-the-line ones. So I find myself just putting on my headphones and watching movies and TV now instead of just through the – I mean, that's still my ideal way for to listen to music. Mm-hmm. It, uh, but, yeah. Well, listeners, uh, if you're still with us, thanks for sticking out for a little technical discussion there, which I realize doesn't have a lot to do with the actual content. Um, but hey, any reason I can get to be excited about Discovery Season 2, I'll take. So you can follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Companion. Our Twitter handle is at Companion. You can send us an email, Companion at gmail.com. You can leave us a e- uh, review on iTunes. That's how people find us. We are going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next three episodes of Star Trek Voyager's third season. And until then, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya.
Stefan, I passed it.